He's moved away. Welcome to Break Free to Brilliance program. Oops, let me start over. Welcome to Break Free to Brilliance podcast. This is Seema Giri, your host, and this is where you hear inspirational stories that will help you rebound, reset, and realign. And today I'm joined by a, a, this very special guest, Tracy Root. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to share with the world the wonderful gifts that you bring. Tracy, would you like to get started by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, let's see. I live here in Santa Cruz, California. Uh, today happens to be a sunny day, so I'm very thankful for that today. Often we are a victim to the fog that rolls in off the coast. Uh, I live here with my husband and our two kids who are um, elementary school and middle school. And of course, we're here in the crazy time of May 2020. So they're at home doing school, we're at home doing work, and um, really doing our best to have a great time even while staying home. Um, I grew up in Silicon Valley, so San Jose, Cupertino area, and went to college in San Jose and moved from there to my first career, which was working in corporate America. And I did that for about 17 years before shifting gears and becoming a coach that I am today. Um, that was really fun. I got to work at a lot of different um, Bay Area high-tech companies. I was a consultant, and so that was a really exciting time through the late 90s, year 2000, the dot-com bubble, and, and all of that. So it definitely was a big part of kind of what formed me as an adult was being a part of a lot of uh, change and growth in our community uh, during that time. I left corporate back in 2012, which was a couple of years after my first husband passed away. He died from cancer after about a four year long battle. And during that time while he was going through his, um, his treatments and recovery and relapses and ultimately his passing, it was the same four years that we had both of our kids and I was learning how to be a mom how to be a caregiver, how to balance home life and work life. And so there were a lot of lessons during that time and definitely a lot of realizations of what you want life to look like and what you don't. So it had a really big formative impact on me. Wow, that's, uh, that's amazing. And it's, it's funny how life brings you so many uh, challenges at the same time. We have positive challenges and um, negative challenges. And while they're balancing themselves out in your life, it's still difficult mm -hmm. to manage both at the same time, isn't it? Sure. I mean, you know, life is full of ups and downs, as they say, right? And that's actually the reason I really was looking forward to talking with you today is just from the title of your podcast, Break Free to Brilliance. Like that's it's brilliant. Like it's, there's no other word for that. The idea of breaking free from the history that has gotten you to where you are and then breaking free from that and being able to move forward. You know, when things are kind of against you or seemingly against you or me, 
my my real kind of day-to-day mantra is how is this happening for me mm-hmm. because you know if we if we take it all in and say this is happening to me and it's bringing me down and it's doing this to me and therefore i don't have control over it it's very disempowering and so to to shift that and say okay well maybe it's not what i had planned but there's something i can get out of this how is this happening for me so that I can then move forward. That's, it's like the light bulb that turns on when any idea gets sparked and when you finally realize that you can break free from whatever it is that's holding you back. Right, and that's a key thing you just pointed out. Thank you for bringing that up. It's realizing that you can break free. You don't need to carry all that heavy weight with you throughout life. You still carry those lessons from there, but you can break free from that. 100%, 100%. So we were just talking a little bit earlier about homeschooling the kids during this pandemic time. Mm-hmm. Tell me, are they still looking forward to a summer break since they're already home? You know, they are very kind of just, it's all just kind of flat, I would say. You know, they, they don't really, we don't, no one knows what to expect. So, I mean, a break, what does that even mean? Right? They still can't go anywhere. Right. can't really go hang out with their friends yet. So whether they could do it now, you know, and we don't know when that'll be. So for them, you know, they're 11 and 14. For them, the, the big change will be when they can go play with their friends. And whether it's during school or summer break or next fall, we don't know when it's going to be or what it's going to look like. And so until we know that, they're just kind of holding, in a holding pattern. Yeah. Um, you know, today and these days for these next couple of weeks here, we're at the end of May, they've got some schoolwork to do for the next couple of weeks and then the schoolwork will end. But the day-to-day activities of getting up and, you know, maybe watching, you know, something, some videos or playing some games or doing some chores, reading some books, doing some crafts, art projects, whatever. Like that's not really going to change from today to two weeks from now to probably mm-hmm. a month from now you know who knows when that's going to be so i can't say that they're looking forward to the break because there's not really in there for them much to look forward to until we can actually start doing different things um our family really enjoys traveling and adventure last year we took uh actually the kids and i were gone for a month um my husband went was gone with us for half of that when we went and spent over a week in london and a week in paris and then we went to Florida for a couple of weeks, which is where my parents live. And it's a big change from last summer to this summer where, you know, this summer we had plans to go visit my parents again and, and do a couple of different things. And it's all canceled, postponed, I should say. Yeah. So, you know, until we can reschedule that, it's like, what is there to look forward to? Sunny weather, maybe, but often it's not sunny in <laughs> Santa Cruz in the summer. Um, you know, we try to, to find ways to, to do things that are okay without, um, you know, with keeping the social distancing or physical distancing, I should say, which I prefer in, uh, in mind. Right, right. So, Tracy, have you noticed since we're in this, um, I don't want to bring up the pandemic, but, you know, that's what we're in. Um, let me backtrack a little bit. 
How did you begin your career as a coach? You said you were part, you were in the technology corporate yeah. lifestyle. Was the inspiration from um, your husband's illness? Well, you know, it's all related, right? Because everything we go through kind of feeds our future. Um, so part of where I was at that time was related to having gone through all of that with him, right? I was definitely inspired by um, the, you know, the caregivers that he had at the hospital, the nurses, they're all wonderful. And he always had really, you know, high quality care, really kind people helping him um, and me. And I would say in like a certain extent, the idea of focusing on health would be somewhat related to that, but really it was more related to me finally realizing that if I was going to change the life that the kids and I had after he was gone, that I needed to do something about myself. I was always overweight. Um, you know, I was probably about 50, 60 pounds overweight by the time he passed away. I had had two kids, never really had any healthy habits to speak of. I'm a former smoker. I used to live on Diet Coke, like coffee, Diet Coke and wine were kind of my three beverages throughout the day. Um, yeah. And, and most people who know me now, right. You would never think that that was the case. I'm always here with my water bottle now. I'm very different, but you know, I, I knew that. I didn't feel good in my body. I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. I knew that I had more potential like as a, on a personal level, physically and mentally and emotionally. And so I said to myself, you know, if I'm going to, if anything's going to change, I have to do something different. And so I decided that once and for all, I was going to figure out how to get to a healthy weight. I'd never really done it long-term successfully. I had done it short-term successfully and gained it all back, of course. But I found a program that was medically designed, structured, included a built-in healthy community, coaching, education, all of the components that you need really for a full transformation. And I jumped in with both feet and just said, I'm going to give this a try. Everything else I've tried worked or didn't work long-term. So maybe this is the answer I'm looking for. And ultimately, hello, I'm still here. It was. Um, I ended up losing 55 pounds in five months back in 2012, sorry, mm -hmm. in 2012. And throughout that journey, those five months, I mentioned, of course, that I had a coach helping me stay on track and learn. And I found the opportunity to help others came upon me kind of halfway through my weight loss. And so I started helping other people and learning to do what she did for me for the people in my world. And that's how I started coaching. So it's a very um, mentor-based system. So really, I kind of just did what she did. But over the course of that first year or so, I really learned how to coach, not just like teach the program. Mm -hmm. So with a lot of personal development and understanding what good coaches do and how to really be an active listener and be, you know, more empathetic, less, less agenda-based and more really about helping the person who's in front of me. And so after that year, I was definitely hooked. I had uh, left my corporate job during that year as well, moved closer to my parents so that our family had support and I was able to replace my income given the 
difference of um, cost of living between California and Florida, I was able to replace my income and only coach and be available for my kids in the way that their one parent, I felt, would be best served for them, which is, you know, I was available to get in the classroom and go on field trips and walk them to school and pick them up and not have to always have it be before care and after care and, you know, everyone else doing all the things. So I ended up, you know, even though I said we moved to Florida close to my parents, clearly, you know, I live here in California. Um, I did end up getting uh, engaged and remarried to my now husband. We've been married almost seven years. But, uh, but that time in Florida was a big kind of time of revelation where it helped me really understand what life can look like without kind of being tied to the corporate um, and to a boss, right? Mm -hmm. And learning how to work for myself. We were talking earlier about everyone having to work from home and what a transition that can really be. Working for yourself versus having a boss is also a very big transition. Um, yeah. So I'm happy to say that that was, that started seven years ago or eight years ago, and I'm still here. And since then have expanded my coaching to not only be for health and the program that I, I had helped me, but I've expanded that into life coaching and goal setting and different kinds of coaching to really try to serve people in whatever it is that they're trying to, to achieve, wow. whether it's physical health or, you know, relationships or job seeking or a new hobby or whatever it might be. Wow. Tracy, that is an amazing transformational story. So I heard a couple of things, a few nuggets in there that you said that probably mm -hmm. could be tweetable. Um, one was that- I'm gonna write them down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can um, um, use that. One was that you said that you realized you had to do something different to make a change. And so mm -hmm. many of us keep doing the same thing, expecting different results, right? right. Right. And um, when I looked that up, the definition that came up was insanity. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. So you have to, if you want to make a change from what you're doing currently and you want to change that, you have to do something different, yeah. totally radically different um, to start. Even baby steps makes a huge difference. So that was one thing. And the other thing was that you actually really did all the three things that are, you know, what my tagline is rebound, reset, and realign. Mm -hmm. You realized you needed support. So you moved back with your parents to Florida. So not only did they get that, um, the grandparents, your children got that right. grandparents' time, which I think is so super critical and important, especially. Mm -hmm. It gave you also time to take a breather mm -hmm. and recharge reassess you know what your life is and what you want it to be yep. you realigned your mindset and your habits and your actions around that which is really important because many of us feel and so i've interviewed so many people and me included have felt so many times like oh if i ask for support if i ask for help that means i'm a failure which is not the case. I think you're being so smart that way because you're utilizing the resources available to you. Yeah. I've okay. got a great story for you on the whole asking for support thing. Um, because this is something that stuck with me now for 10 years mm. and will probably forever. At my husband's funeral, 
or let me back up, it probably wasn't at the funeral, but it was somewhere right around there, maybe just afterwards. We were at church, the funeral took place at our church, um, little mountain church, very small community. And at, at, some, at one point after service, someone came up to me in the parking lot and said, you know, um, I am planning to open a catering business. And I was wondering if you would allow me to make you guys some meals that would let me practice some of the things I'm planning to do for catering and maybe would give you guys some food that you don't have to, you know, worry about taking care of yourself since you're so busy with the kids by yourself. Oh. Obviously not the same words that she said, but you know, I don't know if she was really opening a catering business or not, but clearly what she was trying to do was support me in a way that she felt that she could and maybe that I would accept. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I told her no. I oh. said, no, thank you. I'm good. I got this, right? And that's kind of my, like, from a very young age, that's how I was. And I'm still a lot that way, but not in a put off way, I hope, anymore, mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but I still remember that because, you know, here was someone trying to support me in a time where I really needed support, but I was too embarrassed to admit it, um, especially to someone who I kind of just knew peripherally, right? Because I didn't grow up with family around. I didn't grow, I, I grew up, I grew up with family around, but my adulthood, I didn't have family around and really was very much like, I'm going to make it happen. We can do this on our own. My husband and I were very much like, it's you and me against the world, babe, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, and so I still remember that because once I started coaching, I realized that if I didn't value help, like what kind of coach could I really be? Mm -hmm. If I didn't value help, how could I expect people to value my help as their coach? And so that, that was within that first year of really understanding what, why it's important to be able to accept help and how humans are not designed to be lone rangers. We're really not. And sometimes it feels like we have to be that because we pile our own guilt and shame on top of the things that we're not perfect at. And ultimately we can't be perfect. It's totally impossible. And if we think we can, then we're never going to get ahead and we're always going to feel alone. And exactly. And I want that. The perception of women also is that we need to show that we're strong, we can handle it all, we've got it all together. And slowly, because of doing that, and I did that too, mm -hmm. you know, you're, we're killing ourselves. That's how I got into my health issues. And, um, you know, it mean, happens to a lot of people. Yeah, they're yeah. dealing with all of that kind of things. And we're putting too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I totally um, agree. And I believe, I think you were at this event with me um, where I learned that receiving is actually a spiritual law. I think it was mm -hmm. when Laura Gisborne, she said, the giving is one thing, but then the receiving makes a complete circle. And when we don't allow ourselves to receive, we're actually doing it in, in service to those who are trying to trying give. Trying to give. Right? I right. don't know if I got that perfect. She said it so beautifully. <laughs> 
Right. Well, it's exactly, I mean, that's the same story of this gal. I mean, maybe she was trying to open a catering business and really wanted to be able to cook for a bunch of different people. And I really could have helped her, but I was too proud and too embarrassed to accept it. It's, you know, coming out of church that day, of course, we've heard the story of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples Mm -hmm. and, you know, that like same thing, right? If you don't, like if he said, may I do this for you? Are you going to tell him no? Right? Regardless of what you believe, you know, if it's a story or if it's truth, whatever, you know, you're going to tell him no, no, it's okay. I can wash my own feet. Like, but I want to do this for you. Let me, yeah. will you allow me? And if you say no, then you're really yeah, turning down their ability to feel like they were able to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately that's really what we all want is to be able to make a difference in people's lives. I'm getting kind of choked up just thinking about that. <laughs> This is a safe spot. <laughs> this is the kind of breakthrough we want people. It's, it's supposed to um, touch people's heart. And, and when you do that and you're open and vulnerable, which I totally appreciate, we're helping others as well. Mm-hmm. So what made you continue uh, to support people through your coaching practice? Well, I mean, from the beginning, I was completely committed to the fact that this really transformed my life. So I kept doing my health and wellness coaching for a number of years. Um, the expansion of that really happened probably a couple of years ago when I started doing more and more kind of business networking, meeting other people, other women, entrepreneurs, people working for themselves in all kinds of different fields and really getting inspired by people just working, whether or not they were coaching or, or doing, you know, being a financial advisor or being, or selling things or whatever, right? Being creatives. So it's really inspiring. I love being surrounded by other women who are really making things happen for their themselves and their own fulfillment and the things that they're passionate about. Um, a couple of years ago, I met Katerina Rando and that was probably one of the beginning points where I really started looking at things in a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at, you know, as a health and wellness coach, how can I help more people. And part of the way I can help more people is by teaching other people how to coach the way my coach taught me. And I do that. But I also like the idea of having group at group events. And I started by doing like vision board workshops, or um, I do a monthly healthy happy hour now that's really great. We just talk about, you know, kind of topic du jour. And So that's, I find that to be really fun. Make connections with other people, make new friends, talk about kind of be like-minded in community. And so the value of community started to really grow on me that I enjoyed it so much. And I think that everyone really always got a lot out of it. So I decided, given that I have this corporate facilities, interior design background, still in my kind of soul from college and beyond, but also looking for places to, for myself to be able to do group activities, I decided to create my own event space. That space opened last October, it's called Gather, and it's located here in downtown Santa Cruz. And of course, right now we're not gathering in person, but the idea of Gather is something that I'm continuing to expand and build on. You know, we did a lot of work to to get the word out about the space and why we're there and why community is so important and how people are designed to be in community and can be better together. 
And since we can't physically be together now, we've taken that brand and that whole concept and really made sure that we include all kinds of community, whether that's in person or online. I don't like to say virtual community because it's real community. It's just online versus right. in person. Right. And so my big focus right now is doing lots of online events, helping other people with their online events, promote their online events in partnership with Gather, and really preparing ourselves for when we can start to meet, to meet again in person. I don't think all this online stuff is ever going back to the way it was. So I'm looking at the future of what will that be and how can we continue to support people in building their communities in whatever way makes the most sense for them or in all the ways that make the most sense for them, whether it's in person, online, or whatever. So the, the, the coaching has evolved, but the desire to help, you know, each person that I get to help helps the circle of people around them and everyone they helps helps the circle around them and that's I mean that's how we change the world that's one it's one person at a time and everyone touches you know their circles so if we can keep that going and not just stop because oh we're in quarantine and we have to stay in the same place and we don't have to stay in the same place we can continue to expand and evolve and um and I think that's really the only way we're going to get through all of this and through to the other side and whatever that's going to look like is to continue to expand. I love the title of your place called The Gather. It's so, it, I mean, it's so simple and it's like right in your face, Gather. It's like, you know, we're always trying to look for that perfect name and it's just so simple and to the point. And then the Thank whole thing around it and community is so beautiful. And I loved how, rather than uh, getting down in the dumps and frustrated and saying, how am I going to carry out the mission I had? You evolved it to online communities, which is another way of staying connected, even when we start meeting in person again. Right. So well, I think, you know, we, the way we shut down was so fast, Yeah. right? I think the way we open back up is going to be very slow. Yes. And, and right now we're in, it's only online is what we have available to us. And that online, even as we, when we take that first step and are able to have those first small in-person gatherings, the bulk of what's happening is still going to be online. And that, that balance is, you know, it used to be like everyone wanted to do in-person and online was way down here. Now it's totally switched kind of do my balancing. It's totally switched. And ultimately, you know, I don't really know where it's going to end up scale wise, which one's going to be more prevalent for the next couple of years. Online could still be the, the primary way. Um, yes. I'm hoping that we can meet in person again sooner rather than later, but I don't really know what that's going to look like yet. And so, yeah, I can't, if I, it's like a shark, right? You stop, you die. You got to keep going because there's no maintaining in the universe. We say this in weight loss, right? You can't ever maintain where you're at. You have to have a new goal and be moving forward because if you're not moving forward, you're gonna be moving backward. You know what they say, to stay relevant and to come be innovative, you have to be uncomfortable. And for those of us who have been waiting, you know, for that sign, universe said, you know what? 
enough of the waiting. If you're not going to move, I'm going to do it for you. And that's really how I'm taking it that, you know, universe is like, okay, people, enough people waiting around. I'm going to give this big push, shake you guys up and see what you guys come up with. And there's been so many innovations. Totally agree. I was talking to somebody the other day, um, my niece actually, um, and my sister-in-law, and we, we were looking at the innovation in medicine, like the medicine that has come up, the antibiotics, um, they were back like 50, 60 years ago, and there's really nothing new um, in, in those kind of areas. There's been mm-hmm. new developments in new medicine and, you know, and, and other illnesses and stuff, but some things have just not evolved at all. So um, this is kind of shaking up other industries that have not been able to uh, come up with much innovation. And then our own way of thinking also mm-hmm. has, um, has really challenged us to upgrade the way we think, change the way we think a little bit, so then we can I- innovate within our lives. You know, we're always thinking innovation happens in, in corporate, innovation happens with, you know, space things, NASA. But I, I say you can innovate on how you want to up-level your life and really see whether you are you living your purpose or are you living with purpose and making it more intentional living. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and then it goes back to, okay, once you figure out kind of where you want to go, how are you going to get there? Right. And remembering that, likely that maybe you might need support someone who maybe has done something similar who can give you some guidance um, or just inspiration right Um, some people thrive on uh, competition Mm -hmm. some people don't right so understanding yourself is another really important thing and what drives you and in the base of like why you even want to make those changes. You know, when I, when I first decided I wanted to lose weight, it was not because I, I mean, I hadn't cared before about the number on the scale. Why did I care now? And really it was about, you know, being a better parent, being able to be more mentally and physically available to my kids and emotionally available, more patient and more kind. And I mean, who knew that going on a diet would have helped me be a better person. And that's really, you know, what this journey did for me. It's not, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm happy that I'm at a healthy weight and I don't have to worry about, you know, lifestyle related diseases as much. I'm much lower risk and all of that. But really it's about, you know, who I am as a person and the personal development work that I had to do and the self-introspection work that I had to do along that journey, not just in that first five months, during my weight loss, but in the last eight years since I started that, um, you know, it's a never ending journey. And, you know, that's why, I mean, that's probably the answer to your question from before of why do I keep coaching is because it's a never ending journey to be a better me and the better I am, the more I am available to help other people become the better them. And that's, again, that's how we change the world. That is so true. It's a ripple effect as well. Yep. A ripple effect. Tracy, how can people uh, get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, well, so I'm on like all the socials because I love me some social media. Um, so Facebook is probably my number one there and you can easily find me. I'm the one with the pink hair. 
And um, I also have two different websites, one for my coaching, which is tracyroot.com. And I've got a website for Gather, which is gatherinsantacruz.com. They actually are connected and you can get to one from the other. Um, and of course, you know, email, texting, whatever, all my contact info is available on all of those things. And, you know, if you've got show notes, we can make sure that that's all posted in there um, for people to find me. I would love it. Wonderful. So do you have something special for our audience today? You know, I have a handful of things these days uh, because <laughs> I've been doing a lot. Um, my very favorite thing that I've given out since the beginning of kind of all this media I've been doing in the last year is an ebook written by, not by me, but by the founder of the company that changed my life. Um, his name is Dr. Wayne Scott Anderson, and he was one of the very first board certified critical care physicians in the company or in the company, in the country, my mistake, the country, a much bigger group of people. Um, really fascinating guy. And he wrote an ebook called Stop Challenging Shoes, which is the basic tenets of if there's something that you want to do that's different than what you've always done, stop for a second, think about the decision that you're making, challenge your thought, and then choose whatever it is that serves you the best. And this goes great for people trying to change their eating habits and lose weight or get healthier, but it also goes great for any kind of goal setting. Um, so I've got that as on my website, tracyroot.com. You can see up at the top, it says request free gift. I've got a couple other things rolling out that aren't quite in place yet, but that's there today. Wonderful. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today. It was such a pleasure having you on. And I'm sure I learned quite a bit. And I'm sure um, our audience will also. I'm thrilled. Thank you, Seema. I'm so glad we finally made this happen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.